Hey, this is Bradley Weber, and I'm super pumped that you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Release City family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on our social media platforms at Release City Church or on our website at releasecitychurch.org. There, you can stay connected with what's happening within the ministry, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with other Release City family around the world. Now, I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you to run your race and become all that God is calling you to be. Now, let's jump into today's message. Today, I want to jump right in to today's talk, which I've entitled, Anchored, Anchored to Hope. Anchored to Hope. And last week, we dealt with the subject of how to manage doubt. And I wanted to kind of go back to it just a little bit, um, but because doubt is something that affects all of us in this room. Doubt comes in many different packages. It can be something massive or it can be something very, very small. Did you know that um, uh, OCD, if I believe it is, Sally, you'll have to correct, I think it's, the, the, the nickname for that is actually the doubting disease, right? Because, and, if you, and, and I'm not knocking on anybody, but like, just for an example, it's, it's, it's going to the door and locking the door and walking away and not in your doubt. And so you go back to check the door, make sure to lock the door, and you go back and then you come back. Why? Because you're doubting. So doubt comes in many different forms, many different packages. And this week, as I was preparing, I began to, uh, to have this thought that it's much easier for you and I to drop and dismiss the doubts that we're having when we're anchored to hope. Everybody say anchored to hope. Yeah, I, I, I like it this way. It's much easier for me to believe in a better tomorrow when I know who holds it. It's, 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 better, it's a lot easier for me to understand and, believe, and truly believe that tomorrow when I wake up, regardless of what happens today, tomorrow is a new day. And, it, and, and, and I can do it knowing that it's going to be better tomorrow because I know who holds tomorrow. If you brought your Bibles with you this morning, let's go to the book of Hebrews, um, the sixth chapter, Hebrews chapter six, and we're going to dive right in to today's word. Everybody say, hope is my anchor. I believe that. Hebrews chapter six, verse 18 says this, so God has given both his promise, everybody say his promise. He gave us both his promise and his oath. These two things, promise and his oath, are unchangeable because it's impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge. Many of you here today are here because this is also a place of refuge. You're hoping for a better tomorrow. So therefore, you came today to actually get an investment. I love that word. Or a deposit into today so you can make a withdrawal tomorrow. How many understand banking? If you're not putting a deposit in that account, guess what? You can't show up and try to swipe that card. Huh? So you, if you're not making an investment and a deposit of God's word into your life, you can't actually expect for tomorrow to be any different if you haven't put a little faith and a little substance into your spirit. Come on, somebody, help me preach this today. 
So it says, therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge, listen, can have great confidence as we hold to the Facebook statuses of other people. Wait, what? No, we can have great confidence as we hold on to what the news coverage is coming out of the White House. Oh, me. We can have, listen, we can, we can have great confidence as we hold to what? Hope. See, many of us put our hope in a politician. Many of us put our hope in our family. Many of us put our hope in, our, in a spouse or, or a family member or our job. But those, all of those things will fail you. The only thing that will not fail you is the hope in the name above all names. And his name is Jesus Christ. So it says, we have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. The message that I want you to hear today in the, in the next few moments that we have is this. No matter what you may face today... When you leave here, no matter what life throws at you tomorrow, no matter what comes at you this week, you have a hope, and this hope is an anchor for your soul. I remember growing up, uh, I was born in Ohio. A lot of people ask me, where did the Buckeye thing come from? Are you just a Buckeye because your dad was? No, but I was actually born in a little town called Tiffin, Ohio, and lived there for very short period of time and then we moved to Georgia then North Carolina and then a little town you never heard of called Chiefland Florida and so I remember when I would go visit my grandparents as a very young age uh, my mom's parents and they lived on Lake Erie and um, and I remember going uh, on my grandfather's boat which by the way I, I, I talked uh, Mr. Butch and Miss Julie into letting me borrow the anchor again and, and so I understand what what anchors are used for. And having grown up around boats when I was younger, I understood and I understand now what the Bible is referencing when it talks about having an anchor. And the thing that I want you to know today is this, that every single one of you here today, your life is anchored to something. Every one of you. Your life is anchored to something. Now, you may not feel like you're connected or anchored to anything, but every one of us, every one of us, our lives are anchored to something. Now, that doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that we're, our lives are all anchored to the same thing, because some of y'all like them gators. Come back, Holy Ghost. <laughs> no. And, 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 and it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that, that we're all anchored to the same thing. It doesn't necessarily mean that, but you are anchored to something. You can anchor your life to success or achievement. Maybe the more successful I am, the, 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 more, the, more, the, the better that I feel about my life. Anybody ever feel like if, if things are, you're having a good week, you feel good about yourself. If you're having a bad week, what? <laughs> you're like, hit reset, start, start again tomorrow. Maybe your anchor is your finances. Now, that probably is something that we're all anchored to, because how's that work? If I look at my checking account and the numbers are lower than I thought they were, I'm having a bad day. Come on, somebody, talk to me. But if those numbers are a little higher than I expected, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Come on. Yeah, if those numbers are higher, then, then what, what's happening is I'm anchoring, I'm anchoring my soul 
I'm anchoring my, my, my ability to process and go through life based on what my finances say. And how many knows that typically the number is not always as high as you would like it to be? Come on. Y'all be, y'all, I'm going to be real. Okay. Maybe anchor for, and this is for our students and teenagers, maybe, and, and some adults who still haven't grown up, maybe our anchor is popularity. Y'all know how we do. You post something on Facebook, you thought it was very profound, nobody in 10 minutes liked it or, or shared it, and so you take it back down, right? Why? Because you're finding your, you're finding your identity based on what somebody else says about you. Maybe it's certain relationships. If I could just be friends with this person, then I would feel so much. If I could just be a part of that group. Listen, the only person that you need who is still a person and he's fully God and his name is Jesus Christ. He's the only one that you need on your side. Friends will go away. Family will walk away. But his word will not change. And Jesus said he will never leave you and never forsake you. In spite of how ugly you have been. That's called his grace. And, and what the Bible is communicating to us when we belong to Jesus, that, that when we belong to him, that he should be, Jesus should be the anchor that we're holding on to and nothing else. The question you need to ask yourself today is this. If you were to make a list of all the important things, everything that's important in your life, just do a mental one right now. All the things that are important. Top five. The first thing at the top of that list should be God. And I went ahead and inserted that real quick before you started to make your list. <laughs> make sure that he's at the top. Now, anchors are very important. I did a little research. And, and I, I came across this magazine. It's called Maritime Executive Magazine. And it's a magazine that deals with um, people who deal in large ships and trading and, and, and cargo ships. Y'all remember the cargo ship that got stranded uh, just a little while ago? Those, those type ships. And in this article, they were discussing top items that will cause damage to a ship. And one of the main reasons that a ship will crash or, or be damaged and sink. Are you ready for this? The main reason. Lost anchor. A lost anchor. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was the captain of a, of a, a million dollar ship, the first thing I need to know is when I get out there, if I need to stop for any length of time, do I have an anchor? We should be asking ourselves the same thing. You do have one, but what are you anchored to today? The article went on to say using, listen, using the wrong anchor, finances, relationship, family, career, using the wrong anchor in certain circumstances is also dangerous. This has been such a problem that the maritime officials had to send out a memo to all of the captains to make sure that they check to make sure, number one, do you have an anchor? And number two, is it the right anchor for your, for your vessel? And what I thought was really interesting was that these ships, and I was thinking about relationships when I, when I read this, that ships were colliding into one another and sinking because they didn't have the right anchor. Think about our relationships. Our personality conflicts, we will, we will crash in, even into our, our brother and sister in the Lord. Come on. Remember, I'm, gonna be, I'm the real pastor. I'm going to be real. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You don't like somebody in the church. 
and your personalities conflict. And because you're anchored in your, in, in your things, guess what? Y'all, you will sink. Next thing you know, you'll be out of church because of an offense. I'm not making this stuff up. The wrong anchor can cause you to crash into one another. But if I'm anchored in Christ, I identify that I'm not like you and you're not like me. But he loves you, so guess what my responsibility is? To love you and love one another. I don't have to like you. The Bible didn't say I had to like you, but it said I need to love you. Well, guess what? Real love will cause you to like See, y'all thought I was being ugly. I ain't going to like you, but the word's not going to love you. No. If I'm genuinely loving you, well, I'm just going to do what his word says. You're not going to like nobody. You probably don't even like yourself. Because the Bible says that real love covers a multitude of sin and when you have the love of Christ it doesn't matter if somebody did you wrong song it doesn't matter how they made you feel what happens is when you love like Jesus loves his love through you will cover that am I helping anybody today what we need to understand when, when this, is what I, this is what I need you to understand. When the Bible says hope is an anchor for your soul, your soul is, is defined as three parts. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. So when he says we need to have our lives anchored in him, that means I need to have my mind, my will, which is very strong, <laughs> my will, and I need to have all of my emotions in check. And will and emotions go together. If your will's out of sync, your emotions are, watch out. So when the Bible says you need to have an anchor for your soul, what he's saying is, I can keep you steady in your thoughts. I can keep your will synced in with my will. And, and if you will be anchored in me, I will keep your emotions in check. It's the place we experience the most attacks. When the enemy attacks, what's he attack? Our soul, right? Our mind, our will, and our emotions. And I can always tell if my anchor is down. I may have my anchor, but if it's not down, the boat in the water in a storm, if the anchor's not down, the storm can push that boat, no matter how big or how small it is, push it around. The storms of life. If you don't have your anchor down, the storms are going to come and they're going to push you around. I can always tell if my anchor's down because my mind is gone crazy. My will is showing enough, showing out. And my emotions are all over the place. That's a good time for my daughter sitting on the front row to say, Amen, Daddy, preach it. Because she knows that's true. Let me say this. You do not need an anchor when everything is calm. You need an anchor when you experience the storms of life. 2020, for all of us, was a storm. There was so much doubt and uncertainty. The one thing I love about the Bible is that it's very open and honest with the fact that you and I are going to experience storms when we, and we're going to go through hard times. See, that's the thing, that's the misconception. People come into the church and they get saved and think it's going to be cheesecake and pie. Steve wrote a song about that, Mary. Do you remember that? Cheesecake and pie? Always something to do with food. You know what I'm saying? I'm, 
But it's true. They come into the church and they think that everything's going to be rosy. And then when something goes awry, what happens? They get offended. Or the storm's just so strong, they feel like they're just, that they're too far gone. Let me tell you something. If you don't have your life anchored and rooted in Christ Jesus, you are subject to whatever storm the enemy brings at you and stop pointing your finger at God. He can't help you if you don't drop your anchor. Here's what I came to tell you today. No matter what you are facing, no matter what challenge or what storm lies ahead of you, here's what you need to know. If God is your anchor, you can make it through any storm and you will always have a hope if you're anchored in Christ. So what, 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 what attacks our hope? Doubt, that's what I said. Doubt is the number one opponent to hope. It's the number one adversary to you possessing and continuing to hold on to hope. Nudge your neighbor, tell him, say, hold on. Hold on to hope. Listen, doubt will convince you that that l- doubt will convince you that you're sinking every time a storm comes your way. Just because it's raining outside doesn't mean you're gonna get wet. Just because the storm gets rocky doesn't mean you're gonna go under. If you will drop your anchor and stay connected to the Father when the storm comes, you will not be moved. Let me just give you another good news that I know you're going to shout me down with. The storm (laughs) is coming. The storm's coming. I'd rather just drop my anchor now than than to get out there and and, and when the storm comes, and then then because you haven't used your anchor in a long time, that big chain, y'all know the chain that comes out, it, it, it gets lodged or stuck. Why? Because it's not used a lot. Go ahead and drop your anchor now before the storm comes. That way when the storm comes, you don't have to worry about is everything going to function okay. Let's go to James chapter 1, verse 12, NIV. It'll be on the screen for you. It says this, blessed is the one who perseveres. Stop. You want to be blessed? Don't give up. Blessed is the one who perseveres when under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Basically, I like to say it this way. When the fight comes, fight back. When the fight comes, fight back. But know who your enemy is. It's not your brother and sister in the church. It's not your spouse. It's not your boss. It's, it's, not, it's not any of them. When the fight comes, fight back, but recognize who the real enemy is. That person that you're upset with is just being used as a tool of the enemy to cause doubt in you. Doubt is a lie of the enemy to convince you that you're not going to make it. And I'm here to tell you, if God is your hope, if you are anchored in Christ, you will make it. You will make it. So, how do, how do we dismiss and drop doubt? How do we do it? Number one, and I actually gave you this last week, but I'm bringing it back into this, and then I've got a couple more points and we're done. How do you dismiss the doubt? First point, understand the design of it. Understand the design of doubt. Listen, if you're experiencing doubt in any area of your life, specifically spiritually, if you're doubting God and people, they're they of this conception, oh, well, if I'm doubting him, then... He, then I must be too far away from him because I can't believe. Listen, that's a lie. I don't want you to think that there's something wrong with doubting because the Bible actually teaches us 
that there are many, many people that he actually used. The very ones that he called to start and, and execute the early church were people, men who doubted. How many remember Peter? He walked on water, right? They were in the middle of a storm. Jesus comes walking on the water. He already knows who Jesus is, but the, him and the disciples cried out for fear. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come out of the water. Jesus said, come. And Peter began to walk on the water, but he, then he got his eyes on his circumstances, on the storm. Just because God, usually God calls you to come before the storm ceases. What he's calling you to do is to follow him. He's not saying, make sure everything, I got to get everything lovely for him. No, he wants you to trust him. Because if I got to have everything right and perfect, that's not trust. That's trust in what I can do, not what he's calling me to do. So he said, he said, come, and he did, and he began to sink. And as he began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And, and Jesus reached out his hand and, picked, and saved him. Some of you here today, oh, what did he say? He said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Maybe you're here today and, and you're having a moment of doubt. Maybe you're having a season of doubt where you're, it's, it's this month of just, just everything, you're just every question, every, it's just it's bombarding you, you're having a hard time. Maybe, maybe you have a spirit of doubt where everything, it don't matter, no matter what, it could all be good and you're going to look to find the bad. Y'all know those people that are looking for the shooter, the shooter drop? That's called a spirit, that's a spirit of doubt. You're doubting people, doubting yourself, and doubting your future. So it's important for un us to understand the design. If we're going to dismiss doubt, we must understand what doubt is trying to do. It's our second point, and I gave this to you last week. Doubt is designed to distract you from God, to get you, your eyes off of God. Doubt is designed to disorient you. Have you, ever been, have you ever felt disoriented? Have you ever been in your mind... Your equilibrium's off. You don't know which. To, listen, when you're in the middle of a storm, it, it's easy to become disoriented. You go to the beach. We're getting ready to do that. Family vacations. You like go to the beach. And you go out. And you walk out directly in front of your hotel or condo. And within 30 minutes, you're like halfway down the beach. And you're disoriented because all of them look the same. The enemy is trying to cause doubt in our lives so that we will become disoriented. And then the third one, detached from God. James 1, 5, and 6 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously. That means he's not holding on to it. He wants to give it to you, but he wants you to ask him. Who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. It paints a picture of what we know is true in our own life. When we start to go through something in our personal life, we turn to God for help. But because the attack doesn't let up, just because you turn to him doesn't mean the enemy's going to tuck and run. But see, what happens is when we turn to God and the storm still comes, what happens? Then the doubt comes in that God really didn't hear our prayer. Then we get offended at God. It's what doubt is trying to do. It's trying to divide. Doubt tries to divide. They must not like me. The, the enemy is trying to divide you from the house. 
So doubt, is, doubt comes to distract you, to disorient you, and to detach you. Psalms 95, 8 and 9 says, Do not harden your hearts. This is what happens when you doubt God. Your heart becomes hard. Some of you have been there before. I know I have. That do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the wilderness where your ancestors tested me. They tried me. That word tried in another translation actually means doubt. They doubted me through what they had seen, through though they had seen what I did. We sing that song all the time. He did it then, and I know he'll do it again. If God's already showed up on your behalf, just because the storm is strong now, go, go back and remember what he did for you, and he will still come through. Remember what I said? He's an on-time God, but he don't always come on my time schedule. And that frustrates me. Messes with my mind. Makes my will want to do what I want to do. and makes my emotions go crazy. That's because the doubt is attacking my soul. How about you? The two areas that the enemy wants us to doubt is his greatness, God's greatness. Can God do it? Is he great enough to do it? And then his goodness. Does he even want to do it? Let me tell you something. God wants to come through for you. Where's your anchor? Where's your anchor? All right, so what do we do with our doubts as we're coming down the finish line? Number one, confess your doubt and don't hide them. Tell him, because guess what? God already knows anyway. It's more healthy for you to actually tell God and just be honest with him. So confess your doubt and, and don't hide them. Now, that goes against everything that we have been taught for generations in the church to come to church and play and pretend like everything's okay. Hi, y'all. How are you, brother? I'm blessed and highly favored. Y'all know how I do that little routine. And I do it very well. You know why? Because it's been programmed in me just like it's been programmed in you. Don't let anybody know your secrets. Let me tell you something. Your secret can't be healed if you're not willing to reveal it. God already knows. And that doesn't mean you go on Facebook and tell everybody your business. God already knows. He just wants to know, do you like that? Do you like the results you're getting? Is that how you want your life to end up? Is that the legacy you want to leave? If it's not, then come to me. Get off Facebook and come to me. Get in my word and stop believing everybody else's word. Mark 9, 24 says this. Immediately, this is Jesus talking to a father whose son is sick and he's going to heal the boy. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Help me, to, I, I do believe, but I also, I, I'm doubting. And the Bible already dealt with that. You're like, you're, you're, you're being tossed around. That, that's not no, either believe it or don't believe it. But I'm here today to tell you God's word is true. I love that he was willing to say it. Just say it. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. So confess it and don't hide it. Number two, face the facts and don't weaken your faith. Face the facts. Face it. Face the facts, but don't allow it to weaken your faith. Romans 4, 19 through 21 says this. Without weakening his faith, he faced the fact that his body. This is, this is talking about Abraham. He faced the fact that his body was 
as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old. Y'all know the story. And that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. But So he faced the fact, yes, my body is old. Everything, it, it, it ain't functioning like it's supposed to. Come on, somebody. He faced the fact. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise that he would be the father of many nations, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded. That messes up the enemy. The enemy's going, bro, you're too old. Yeah, but I'm holding on to the promise. That confuses the enemy to go, I can't. <laughs> Have you seen yourself, old man? You're going to be the father of what? It confuses the enemy. He gave glory to God. Are you willing to give glory to God? Are you willing to worship when you've had a bad week? Are you willing to come in and when the worship leader says, hey, lift your hands? No, I ain't lifting my hands. He don't know what I've been through. No, but God does, and he wants to know, will you worship me anyway in spite of what you just went through this week? Because I'm here, to, and guess what? It may, if you worship him in these moments... When those, those storms come, guess what? That, that, when, when you put your hand up, that means you've released and dropped your anchor. And you're saying, God, I belong to you. Now when the storm comes, because you dropped your anchor in worship and you're, you're, now, you're now surrendered to him, your boat, your life will not be moved when the storm comes. Be like Peter. Get your eyes off the storm and back on Jesus. Oh my gosh, I'm going to go under. No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm here to tell you, come hell or high water, you won't go under when God is your anchor. Abraham faced the facts. And I've, came, I've come today to tell somebody that God has the power to do exactly what he promised in your life as well. Everything he promised, God is willing, he's capable, and he wants to. Number three, believe God's word and don't let go. Believe God's word, believe it. Hold on to it and don't let go. Hebrews 6.18. Therefore, we have fled to him. I already read this, but I'm going to read it again. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. May we be a church and a people of God that holds on to God with both hands and never lets go. In closing. After we moved to Florida, Dad got a boat. Lots of stories about the boat. One of the first stories was we forgot to put the plug in. And we were down at Clay's Landing. And when water started coming in the boat, Dad jumped out of the boat, ran to the truck truck, yelling at me to put that thing back on the trailer. When we did, it looked like, it looked, you, know, you know when the cruise ships come in, how the little tugboats spray all that water like this? That's what it looked like at Clay's Landing when the Webbers rolled up and forgot to put the plug in. But I'll never forget when Dad taught me how to um, kneeboard. We called it hydroslide, I think, back then. And I'll never forget, and because I was not even a buck wet soaking wet I mean I was that way for most of my life it was real easy for me to stay on that board <laughs> but I'll never forget what he said he said you're gonna you'll strap yourself in once you get you pull yourself up and strap yourself in and you and he said whatever you do 
don't let go of the rope. So, I didn't do all that 360 stuff, you know, none of that. I was good, but I got up on the first time because I was so light. I mean, just this was great. But what he did not tell me, and then I, 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 I went out, you know, off the wake. You know, that's, that's really cool. You're out there on the glass, whatever. And when I came back into the wake, he didn't tell me to keep the nose of the kneeboard up. So when I came down, I came down this way, and that, that, that kneeboard said, pew, and it said, pew. <laughs> and guess what I did? All I remember Dad said, don't let go. Bro, he pulled me through the Swanee River. <laughs> I promise. And so he slowed down when all he could see was this, you know, I wasn't letting go gator bait. I'm not letting go anyway. We used to mess with that when he'd do it. We'd, he'd fall off and I'd be like, gator bait, keep on rolling. <laughs> But he came back around. I'm still holding on. He said, Bradley, Bradley Wayne, you didn't let go. I was like, that's what you said. (laughs) It's my desire today that you would walk out of here and not let go. That you would walk out of here with so much hope that no matter what storms come, You will not be moved. Don't let go. Maybe you're here today and you need somebody to throw you a rope. Don't put your pins up. Don't put your phones up. I'm fixing to give you a rope. I'm fixing to give you a rope. Here it is. In the middle of the week, when things get funky and things get crazy and you need a rope. Listen, you may be at the end of your rope. It's one thing to stay connected right to the anchor, but sometimes you drift out in life and you may be, whatever it takes, you you hold on. You hold on for dear life. Maybe that's how you got here today. You were holding on to just the very end of the rope. Let 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 me give you, let me give you a rope. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You need a rope, that's your rope for the week. Don't let go. You need a rope? Romans 8.38 All things work together for good for those who love the Lord and who are called according to His purpose. That's your rope. That's your hope. Don't let go. Philippians 1.6 Be confident in this that He who began a good work will be faithful to complete it until the day that Jesus returns. You need something to hold on to? Philippians 1.6 Don't let go. You don't see that you don't see the end. You don't know how it's going to happen. Listen, don't let go. God is still working. If it's not completed, he hasn't stopped. Cuz my God made me a promise and he won't stop now. Whatever storm you got you've got going on, it's no match for God. So if you're here today and you say anybody here that says I have lost hope in this area of my life. I don't know what it is. Don't care. Not going to ask. All I want you to do is slip your hand up. I've lost hope in this area of my life. Anybody else? God's going to do a work. I'm just telling you. We got just a couple more minutes.
I'm not one of those preachers who's going to hold you because I feel like what I got to say is what you need. No, I believe that what he wants to say is everything you need. If you need hope in an area, you're tired of battling doubt in this area, I want you to stand to your feet. Right where you are. If you're tired of battling, you, and if, if you didn't raise your hand the first time and you want to do it now, now's the time. I'm telling you. Today, go ahead. Go, now's the time. Now's the time. It's the mission and the goal of the church to rescue. Rescue, restore, and release. Grab a hole. Let's go. Let's go. What God, what God said, he's going to do. If it hadn't happened, he's not finished. He is, a, he, is a, he is a God and a man of his word. He will not lie. And everything the enemy has stolen, God is going to restore. Stand right there. You're safe. Let's go, Jacob. Grab a hole. It's the mission of the church. Let's go. You have a hope, and his name is Jesus. And for the rest of your life, you need to live for him. Make choices for him. Let God be your anchor so he'll get a hold of your mind your will what Jacob wants to do and your emotions because when Jacob gets what he wants or if Jacob doesn't get what he wants his emotions go crazy because he wasn't anchored did that make sense and I'm, just, I'm telling you what I found to be true in my life if I don't get what I want my emotions go crazy if I don't get my way I, my emotions go crazy and that's because I wanted it my way who else Let's go. See, he came to rescue and set you free and restore your hope today in him. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. He wants to pour out so much strength on your life. What we see in the natural is what God wants to give you in the supernatural. You have a hope. You have a hope. Now let me show you the mission of the church. I didn't know he was going to stand up. Did I ask you to stand? God told me he was going to stand. Because because now you're going to take. And you're going to go rescue somebody. It'll reach all the way to the back. We did test drive this before we did it. And just tell them, say, you have a hope. Speak into their life. Yes, sir. All right, go. Let's get another one. Come on, bro. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right, Miss Christina. You got something you want to say to her? Tell her she has a hope. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Christina. 
Take that. Go grab somebody. Rescue somebody. You can stay up here, Miss Nicole. There you go. I love God. He is so cool. And then speak into her life. Man, I got to give you something right now on the spot. Miss Sherry, pass it off to Miss Sherry. There you go. Go on, get, get, grab somebody else. See, this is the church in action. It's not about coming and sitting on a church pew. It's about actually activating the word of God, not just from the pastor, but from your own life because you have been anchored in Jesus. Miss Jackie, go grab that thing. No, no, yeah, hey, ho, hey, Jackie, Jackie, I know you got, I know you got the anchor, but sometimes, sometimes, y'all ever tried to rescue somebody who don't want, yeah, 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 there you go, just pull that thing around, Miss Jackie, you, it will make it, yep, yeah, yeah. See, what and I love what he said. If you go without Jesus, if you go without the anchor, see the end of that that thing is actually connected to this to this anchor. If you try to go and rescue somebody without the obedience of the Holy Spirit without God, you will drown. So don't think just no, you've got to be anchored. You've got he's got to be a firm found and he will he is a firm foundation. But if you're trying to go on your own and and, and Just because you feel it doesn't mean necessarily mean that it's God. Come on, somebody. Make sure that you're, you're going under God's orders. He is an anchor for your soul. He will sustain you. He will keep you. He will provide for you. He is our hope. He is our hope. Come on, everybody standing all over this room. Come on, everybody standing. Come on, give Jesus Christ a praise offering. You guys can go back to your seat. How many are thankful for God's word in the house today? God is so cool. God is so cool. I wanted to call Jonathan and be like, bro, if nobody's, I wanted to protect my illustration. If nobody stands, I need you to stand. I wanted to. I didn't. But God said he was going to be the first one to go. I didn't even know if he's going to stand. I didn't let my doubt. It's real hard to preach a message on doubt when you doubt the plan. Yeah? Amen. How many got something out of, out of, out of that message today? Amen. Well, we love you. Before you go, you can be seated just for a second. We're going to do this closeout song. We're going to take up our building, our building fund. We are very close to being able to go ahead and secure the property. We are at 24,658, I think, 24,000. Securing the property, financing the rest. We'll, we have an awesome down payment, which will make that payment come down. And then I am looking forward to being able to clear that land. Have, before we do that, have a groundbreaking ceremony where we will leave here on a Sunday and we will go over there all together 
and we will dedicate that land and that property before anything is dug anywhere that it belongs to Jesus that lives are going to be changed there I just believe it I just believe it and then we're going to clear that land and we'll make a walking trail area around it so in the evenings if you want to go and just be I'm just telling you when you, once you dedicate that property there's there will be a peace there you may see me out there early early in the morning or late late at night because I'm seeking God's face for what he wants to do through you not through me through you that we will reach restore and release people to do the work of the ministry and that's what you saw displayed today if you enjoyed today's message I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media or head over to our website at releasecitychurch.org and click on the giving link and help us to continue to share the message of Jesus and his hope with the world God bless you have an awesome week